0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Comic Book Movie Bracket Challenge Uh, We're glad to have you back for our round of 32 Tonight we're going to go ahead and take care of the left side of the bracket The first 16 in this round Um, And we're going to go back to our comic book experts for this Uh, My name's Jeff, I'm the host I'm going to be moderating this tonight Um, And since we are still the Pub Trivia Experience We are still drinking Um, Tonight I have the luxury And the... uh, state of depression that I'm going to be finishing off a, uh, a store selection, single barrel Eagle rare. And uh, it's going to be enjoyable, but it's also going to be sad. Uh, let's head over just across
1: 19 um, and let's see what Chris is drinking. Hey everybody. Uh, yeah. I'm I, First off, I'm very excited about this. Uh, the round of 32 should be a lot of fun. Um, and it's the point still in this competition where we don't have to make the hardest decisions we're going to have to make in our lives. Um, That will come later. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Damn, this is some tough ones. But I, to make these tough decisions, I have decided to use the nectar of the gods as my spirit animal. And my particular god of choice tonight is a gentleman by the name of Henry McKenna. And about 11 years ago, he bottled this single bottle of bourbon just for me. This is a McKenna 10-year single barrel bottled in Bond bourbon. It's one of my favorites. If you can find it on the shelf, grab it. It's worth every penny you can pay for it, up to about 50 bucks. Ha! <laughs> Maybe 60. Yeah, don't get ripped off. Don't uh, After that, yeah, don't, don't pay secondary prices. Get your bottle in and be happy. But that's me. Who do we have next? Alright.
0: Moving on south a little bit. we got Tony back with us. Tony, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Uh, so, getting a little bit harder, getting a little bit tougher questions here. Uh, a little bit Heavier decisions, not quite the heaviest that we'll ever make, like Chris said. So, White Claw, with that in mind, what's that? So, White Claw, no, 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 (laughs) going to something close and dear to my heart, something that's a crutch, something that's easy to fall back on, and that's just a whiskey sour made with a good old Pueblo trace.
0: Ooh. good call, a little mixed drink, can't go wrong there.
2: Uh, headed across the bay, we've
0: got Jen back with us. Jen, got any fun drinks tonight?
3: Hey, everyone. I'm going to be lame again. I'm drinking Mountain Dew. I'm quarantined. I can't get to the store.
0: (laughs) I feel like you can't be lame and drink Mountain Dew. Like, I I, mean, that would be, hi, I'm being lame. I'm drinking Diet Coke. But you're drinking Mountain Dew.
3: Yeah, but see, what you don't know is I also have Cheetos. And I was recently in my mother's basement gaming all night and I smell kind of funky.
0: That's fair. That's why we're on video. So
3: far for yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Headed, uh, headed up north a few states. Headed over to Mike's house. Mike, what are you drinking tonight?
4: Uh, well, uh, tonight I decided uh, to hop on the whiskey train with y'all. Woo. I've got a uh, Aberlour 12 single malt uh, that my brother-in-law gave me. I'm actually finishing off the bottle uh, right now. You know, I... I tend to nurse my scotches, so they sit for a little while, uh, and I only bust them out for special occasions. And a couple tough choices this round, it seemed like a special occasion to bust out the uh, good old single malt.
1: Ugh. We're starting with a tough choice, too. I just want to throw that out there.
4: hmm
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Heading over to another state, we've got Stephen back with us. Stephen, what are you yep. up to tonight?
5: Uh, I would like to report that as of this recording, the NC Dinos of the South Korean National League are 2-0 and heading towards victory with only 142 games left in the season. Go Dinos!
0: Go Dinos. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Well, we've got some great choices that we have to make tonight. Um, I know that we've uh, definitely got a big one to start us off, kick us off. I know later on we've got a really hard one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to jump right into it. Our first matchup tonight is the number one seed, Black Panther, versus the number nine seed of Avengers Infinity War. Our order tonight is going to start off
3: with Jen. Seriously? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was waiting time.
3: for it. God, Okay.
4: Our listeners oh. should see the shit eating grin on Jeff's face right now too.
3: <laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh,
4: <laughs> so
3: still no explicit I tag. I want to point
1: was... that out that we still don't have an explicit tag.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> my bad. No, oh no, they tried just have to give it to us. us. We've done everything we can. I was gonna say, gosh darn it, guys. <laughs> um yeah. This is probably the hardest one for me in this bracket, for sure. Um, God, I I watched both of them yesterday Because I I had to sit there and do pros and cons And figure out why I liked one and why I didn't like the other So, um, I mean, I like both of them, obviously Let's start with Infinity War Um, Opening right on up A bunch of my favorite characters die (laughs) i mean he kills heimdall he killed loki my future husband one of i mean it it, it did not start off good for me in the theater i want to scream and walk out of the theater It, it was not a good feeling um and then going on ahead this is just an epic hey you're about to fail and you fail epically like it it was that like it was the movie out of the Avengers series where you're like, well, fuck my life. I, you're attached to these characters. You love these characters. And now they're all dying. Like you just see everybody just disintegrate and go bye-bye or die brutal deaths. You know, it was it was hard for me. It was very, you know, it was shot very well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the cinematography. There's nothing wrong really with the CGI. There's, you know, it's... It was just the feels, a lot of the feels for me, which is the, it, it's a sign of a good movie because it causes you to feel that way. It brings it out of you. You know, that's kind of where the purpose is. Right. But again, you walk out of that movie thinking, fuck, you know, you, you don't leave happy like, you know, and then you have Black Panther, which, you know, as I had discussed previously is like this huge movie for the black community and it's got all of these things in it it's got you know i mean cgi isn't always the best especially when it comes to when he's being crowned king or whatever and you have the people dancing on the cliff and it's just that scene right there is the only thing that really bothers me because it's very obviously cgi but they're able to keep, you know, the culture and, you know, the way they dress and everything while mixing it in and keeping it completely relevant and throwing technology in the mix. And, you know, the heritage is there, the history is there, you know, all this stuff is there. And then, you know, yeah, you kind of have the cop out at the end where, you know, he ends up getting your, was it, <sighs> I forget what he says. Somebody remind me it's, um, I'll Die Like My Ancestors, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Jumped right. off the boat, right? Yeah. Who, I, jump, who
4: jumped off the boat rather than be in bondage?
3: Yeah. Um, I I mean, walking into the movie, I mean, I'm nine I'm nine 99.9% sure around the world when this movie came out, a whole lot of wet panties just dropped to the ground when Michael B. Jordan walked out topless. Mine did. I mean... <laughs> panties boxers they just dropped mine probably did too but uh you know it was it was the kind of movie that made you feel good when you're leaving like you you walk out and you're like damn that was a fantastic movie and because of the differences in that my vote is going to black panther because it just means a whole lot more to me
0: well, all right, we've got the voting started with one for Black Panther. Moving on to Steven.
5: Yeah, so uh, you're right that you don't walk out of Infinity War feeling happy. You walk out of Infinity War feeling satisfied. Like you've just had one of the best meals of your life, and you want to keep eating because there's so much left to do, but you just can't because you've spent stuff to the gills with everything you want. Black Panther, uh, for as wonderful a film as it is, it has a serious flaw, and that's the main character never changes. T'Challa is the same character at the end as he is at the beginning. You Like, think about it. His major change in policy is that he opens up a few places, like he opens up uh, that place in L.A. where his uncle was killed. But that change in Wakanda started with his father. His father died at a U.N. meeting. Wakanda had already made that change when T'Challa took over the throne. That wasn't a serious change in policy. Wakanda doesn't change especially, and worse yet, Black Panther doesn't change especially. What does he what is he willing to do at the end of the film that he's not really willing to do at the beginning? He's willing to do outreach. He's willing to go into other nations to stop trafficking and things he doesn't like. He's not it's a great film. It's got a wonderful villain, probably one of the top five villains in the MCU and that's not tough competition for the most part but at the very top, top five or so are all very good but T'Challa doesn't change he's not a dynamic character in that movie Wakanda's not a dynamic nation in that movie in the sense that it doesn't change it's really fun to look at and it's something we haven't really seen on film but you don't replace the want with a need, you don't have an overarching character, it's just not there, whereas you have so much heart and so much care and such a strong character arc in Thanos in infinity war. Thanos's arc is I started with this vision. I didn't go through with it last time because it would have cost me too much. And now I'm making that sacrifice. I'm throwing Gamora off this. I'm going to push myself to do that thing that I failed to do before. And now I'm going to accomplish this mission and save the universe. And yeah, he's insane. And the way he saves the universe is by killing a whole bunch of people But he saves the universe. He changes. Thanos, before, we know, could not make that sacrifice. The Thanos, at the end of the film, can It has a dynamic, central character that powers it through. Infinity War is the better movie.
0: All right, we've got a split decision so far. One for Black Panther, one for Infinity War. Chris,
1: what are your thoughts? Oh, God, I follow Steven. And I'm going to follow Steven by saying, Steven, I agree with a lot of what you said. I disagree with parts of it. One is we need to take step back and take a look at the similarities between these two movies. Um, Both these movies, not sure if you realize this, the third act takes place in the exact same damn spot in both movies. It's on the battlefields of Wakanda. Um, The third act in both these movies, neither one of those battles is a battle you want to see. You want to see Thanos versus everyone. You want to see that battle. But at the end of the day, you know the Avengers are going to lose and you don't want to see infighting in Wakanda. Um, When it comes to the character journey of Thanos, there's a big difference in what, to me, what Steven is saying. And one is the fact that the character journey in Thanos is him being willing to make a sacrifice to achieve an absolutely insane notion. And then compare that back to the... He's, he's, he's an antagonist by being a protagonist. Go back and look at the antagonist in Black Panther. It's the most complex villain we've ever seen in a comic book movie. Steven looks like he wants to say something. I'll let him. I'll let
5: him say it. I agree with you that if the movie was called Killmonger and it <laughs> insisted that Killmonger was the protagonist, it would be the better movie. But the movie insists that I'm supposed to be following the journey of Black Panther. And so that's the character we had to compare to Thanos because that's what the narrative says is the main character.
1: And I will humbly disagree. These two, uh, yes, you can, (laughs) if you could only see that look, he gave me, I can compare whoever the hell I want. First off. Um, No, but you're talking about arguably the two best villains in the MCU. You're talking about Killmonger and Thanos, but Killmonger is the only villain in the MCU. Sort of maybe ghost. Who's nowhere near as strong, where well, you actually see what they're trying to do, and you're like, that makes a lot of damn sense. And the, the, the thin slice that separates Killmonger and Black Panther is ideology. It's the reason why, going back to the X-Men universe, Professor Xavier and uh, Magneto are so closely intertwined and why they're so close. There is just a very thin line between the two. And they're turning a mirror back on itself and looking at circumstance to make that determination. With that being said, um, Black Panther has obvious third act problems. It's a jumbled mess. Once they go down in that subway and they're fighting on the the subway system, it's a jumbled of a mess. But they gave me that cliff scene, and that cliff fight scene, just not just the one with uh, with Winston Duke, who, by the way, but. They introduced us to Winston Duke as an actor. Winston Duke is insane. That guy's awesome. Um, but the fight scene between him and Umbaku, and then the fight scene between him and Killmonger are some of the best moments in the MCU. Avengers is very Empire Strikes Back ish in its approach. Um, it it's not going to end happy. You, you kind of know from the beginning, it's not going to end happy. And you had that same sense of foreboding throughout the entirety of Vampire Strikes Back. I'm talking in circles here because I honestly don't know which one I want to go with. Oh. In the grand scheme of things, which movie am I going to remember 20 years from now? It's, I'm a nerd, I'm going to remember them both, but Black Panther had the biggest impact from a cultural standpoint of any comic book movie that's ever happened, and you can't discount that. Not to mention, like you genuinely like everyone that you meet in that movie, even even freaking Claw. Like He's so damn entertaining. Um... I'm giving it to Black Panther for the simple reason that when I think of of the Avengers movies, I'm going to think of the first one and the last one. I'm going to think of Avengers. I'm going to think of Endgame. And to me, Infinity War, while a a phenomenal movie doesn't quite doesn't quite stack up to those two. So I'm going uh, Black Panther.
0: All right. Another vote for Black Panther. Tony, you're up next.
2: Thank you for my, not making me be what appeared was going to be a deciding vote. Um, <laughs> it makes this a little bit uh, off my chest. Um, so I, I think Chris, Stephen, you you both have pointed out wonderful things about Black Panther and about Avengers. I want to go further with Avengers and, and say that he, yeah, when you when you sat down in that theater you could definitely sense the foreboding but in it any history of comic book films you're always like oh they're going to figure something out you know you're holding on to that last tiny bit of hope that something's going to work out in the end it has it, got to it's it's a, it's an avengers film and the fact that they bit the bullet and didn't give us that you know storybook textbook ending to a comic book film they actually let the heroes fail they let them they left them defeated Haggard and halved. Um, I, I think that bears a, a lot of thought because, you know, when I saw that film, I saw it Thursday night, opening opening night, my theater did not make a noise for about ten minutes after the credits stopped rolling. Nobody moved, everybody sat there, not waiting for anything, just Sitting there. And I have never felt that in a theater. Not even with Endgame did I feel that. Because nobody knew where this was going. Everybody at the end of Endgame. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. There's sad moments. There's happy moments. But you left because the story was wrapped up. Nobody knew where this was going. And I, I think taking the protagonist being Thanos. Turning everything that they've done on their heads. I think, despite what Black Panther was able to do, I think just because of its third act problems, it falls slightly short of Infinity War, and I have to move forward with Avengers.
0: All righty. Well, this is entertaining. We've got our first deciding vote of the evening, and it's on Mr. Michael Mott. God help us
4: all. (laughs) Look, nobody likes this, right? Choosing between these two movies, these are two of the finest that the MCU has to offer. Um, Why do I, I mean, feel like Black you're about Man- to put my
1: dog down? What? Why do I feel like you're a vet about to put my dog down? Like Nobody likes <laughs> this. Come here, Fido. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, um... Because, you know, for, for for two of you, I guess I am, right? Um, I mean, not really. I don't think there's quite that same level of attachment. I could be wrong. Um, you know, Black Panther, I mean, was nominated for Best Picture. Yes, a lot of crappy movies have been nominated for Best Picture, but it was the first comic book movie that nominated for Best Picture. I mean, that was at least, was there, was there politics involved? Certainly. But still, that was at least something of a acknowledgement. that, Like, hey, this is a legitimate genre. You know that can serious art can be made of. Now we obviously already knew that, but you know, and it was you know uh, I think Jen Jen pointed out very well it, it did mean a lot to the uh, black community it, and it was so um, it was so vibrant in the way that it was able to to basically uh, you know tie in the African culture and everything like that and it kind of it kind of had this vibe of like hey you know think about where where they could have been if they hadn't been oppressed by a bunch of you know, a bunch of invaders right. for, for centuries upon centuries, it was very you know visually stunning. It was it was entertaining. It was you know all the tech now some of the technology they introduced into it was really cool, and it does have that it does have that third act problem for sure. Um, but you know we've talked about how great a villain Killmonger was. There's a lot. A lot, a lot of things to recommend Black Panther, but Infinity War is underseeded, and that's really mostly what this comes down to. Infinity War was an unbelievable experience. Like, I think I think a lot of you know most comic book fans fans are probably familiar with the snap in some way, shape, or form. Um, so you. You know, if you were familiar with that, you kind of saw it coming and you were still stunned when it happened. Like it was still a gut punch and not the, but that everyone talks about that because that was the gut punch at the end of the movie. But we forget about all the stuff leading up to that, how much fun all of that was, all the interesting interplays among all of these characters that we've been getting to know over the in Tony Stark's case, uh, the previous decade it was an absolute blast which made that gut punch maybe even hit a little bit harder and seeing all of those characters together in a way in different ways in the ways that it works i mean yeah it actually it's not quite the same in sense as the third act problem as wakanda but like the battle of wakanda there's very much a sense of there's a couple of cool shots here and there but there's very much a sense of all right we're 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 slugging it out waiting for thanos to get here that completely conceded that is that is a true point but Oh, it's just to me, when I think when I think of the two, and I think of that experience, and the way that that m- movie is going to be, you know, Chris Chris mentioned which which movie am I going to remember more twenty years from now? To me, I think it's an, I think it's Avengers Infinity War for me. So um, I'm voting for the upset. The, uh, Avengers Infinity War takes this one.
1: I can't be mad. Like they're they're both really really good movies. That
4: and, I agree. It, there's so many I, there's so many higher seeds that I think should be below Avengers Infinity War that would easily lose to Black Panther. It's just I think this is a this is a rough seed.
0: All right. Well, we have a decision. 3 to 2 Avengers Infinity War moving on. Up next, we've got the 5 seed of Captain America Civil War versus the 13 seed of Dread. Up first with a decision, we've got Steven.
5: These are getting tougher. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, how do I feel about this one? I try not to overthink these beforehand because otherwise I would go on forever. Um, I'm trying to think which is the more complete movie because I feel like these are two movies that both have highs and then they have a couple of lows in them. Uh, more highs and lows in both cases. Yeah, I think the more complete movie, in and of itself, from just a script standpoint, is actually going to be dread uh civil war has a lot going for it it has another one of the great marvel villains that we for some reason we never talk about probably because he doesn't wear the purple sock like he should but zemo's a great villain um phenomenal and the little twist where he's not just an asshole who's not picking up his wife's phone calls but it's like the last recording he has i love that moment when we realize that um to try to talk myself out of this and talking myself into civil war um that means no, no, it's, the more I think about it, Dread is more complete. It's a more simple story, certainly. It is just, uh, we're in a tower, we got to beat up as many bad people as possible to get to the top and kill the big bad boss. But that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun to watch. And I think, even though there are amazing, fun moments in Civil War, it's got a few more troughs in the progress. You know, you got to watch and make out with Agent 13, which they've got no chemistry. Um, you got to take some time to set things up for other parts of the universe. I think dreads the more complete story. So I'm going to go with dread.
0: All right. One vote for dread.
1: Chris, let's
0: hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, man, I, I, we were talking before the show started. I said, Oh no, this, this, this one's actually pretty easy. There's a lot really easy picks on, on this bracket. And the first two are just killers. Um, so I waxed poetic about my feelings on civil war prior, Civil War might have the best introduction of a character in the MCU history short of Iron Man coming out of the cave when they debuted Black Panther. Um, that was the origin story for Black Panther, and they worked it into this gigantic arch between Tony and Cap. Um, the fact that the Black Panther debut is what you remember, and you don't remember the fact that it's Spider-Man's debut as well, or that becomes a, a, kind of an ancillary after the after the thought fact is, is kind of weird. But Black Panther's intro is just awesome. Uh, the chase scene down the tunnel through the tunnel with Cap and Bucky and and Black Panther or T'Challa is amazing. I've said it before; I still don't buy some of the decisions they made in the script. I don't buy Tony flipping that way um i don't feel like that was the right move for them i don't buy I, as as freaking badass is that as that fight scene at the airport is i don't buy it i don't buy that this group of people can't sit down and talk through their differences i get it. it's much more cinematic but you didn't give me a reason to make it believable other than how cool would it be if if spider-man took cap shield and then ant-man became giant man and um, the, the whole quip about Ant-Man going into Tony suit and saying, it's your conscience. We haven't talked in a while. like All that stuff is phenomenal. And the, the heartbreaking scene with Rhodey, although why he's not mad at Vision is beyond me. Um, with all that being said, I'm voting against Civil War. Dread is one of my all-time favorite comic book movies. It's simple. I get it. But it's badass as hell. It's one of the best action movies I think I've ever seen. Lena Headey as the, I don't even remember her, what her name is, Stephen. Do you?
4: Mama. Mama? Uh, uh, is it just yeah. Mama?
1: My God, she's an awesome, awesome villain. And Carl Urban as Dread is insane. I'm going Dread. I love that movie. I can't vote against it.
0: All righty. Another vote for Dread. Tony, see what you have to say.
2: So I just want to uh, preface this by saying I watched it. I finally watched Dread today, uh, right, pretty much you know, four hours ago. <laughs> so um, that being said, um, you can understand why it, it should definitely be on anybody's recommended list. If you haven't watched Dread, let me just get that out there. Go watch it. Great movie. Um, however, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie to me. I know that it is based on a comic book, but as the gamer I am, and, and Steven even said it, fighting through the floors to get to the big boss, it, it just felt like a video game. It, it, that's how, you know, they solved puzzles, they thought about things differently. It didn't feel like a comic film. Uh, that's not to say that it didn't have a wonderful action sequence. Uh, what they do with the slow-mo drug is incredible. I thought it was going to be overused, and then they slowed out on it, and it just waxed poetic in there at the end, uh, not to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the film. Um, however, Civil War, to me, you know, as a, as a huge fan of the comic books, as a huge fan of the struggle between Cap and Tony in that comic book, um. Yes, this was more condensed. Yes, it didn't take place over the same exact issues. Uh, we have the Sokovia Accords rather than the Superhero Registration Act, um, but the same problems show up. You know, they want to keep their anonymity. They want to keep their autonomy, and it, it kind of begs the question. And it really does make you ask, who watches the Watchmen? Just to to throw that in there. Um, You really do start to feel that in this film, and then Tony's kind of gradual descent back upon, well, we have always done this the right way. We have always, you know, been true to ourselves, been true to the cause. Did I make a mistake? Should I have backed my team? Um, I I think that gives you a really compelling arc into how Tony is changing as a person throughout the MCU. Uh, It's really where you get the first sense that things are not the way they were in Iron Man, not the way they were up through Iron Man 3. This is a totally different Tony that we're starting to deal with, and it spells out the future for the rest of the MCU. Without this issues, I don't think we get Tony sacrificing himself in Endgame. I don't. I don't think we ever see him settle down as a family man. I think it this changes it all for Tony and for Cap. Um, Had they been together? Who knows what would have happened? Uh, and I think just for that kind of thought experiment that it kind of provokes... I do have to move forward with Civil
0: War. All right, we've got our first vote for Captain America Civil War. Mike, what are your thoughts here?
4: Uh, so like Tony, I actually did do my homework. Uh, I watched Dread last night uh, with Nikki, Um and I, I would like to uh, retcon my, my choice from a couple of uh, episodes ago. It is clearly better than Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> I was that was that was a I've seen one and I haven't seen the other. No, we're uh, holding you situation. to that. You
1: thought it was better than Dread. <laughs> You're being held to that. I'm sorry. It's, I have the I have the records.
4: No, no. It's oh no, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean I, I, I can't retcon it, but I am. So uh, the right movie moved on anyway, so that that's fine. Um, I did watch, so I did watch Dread. Uh, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Uh, I did want to tell this story. Um, uh, I sat down with, with my wife, Nikki, to watch it. And she actually, she's the one that asked me to tell this story. The very first scene, he's, you know, he's doing the chase. He got, he's got the last guy cornered and he goes, he goes hot shot into his gun and the gun fires the, the fireball into the guy's mouth and burns his face off. And Nikki just goes, this is stupid and rolls over and, and goes to bed so that was pretty funny um, come on I Nikki she it was, she was, I, was like, I was like I gotta watch this movie and she's like okay I'll start watching it but if I don't if, if it doesn't seem like my thing I'm gonna go to bed and, that, and then like within five minutes she's like yeah I'm gone enjoy <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny it, which, the, <laughs> that's just her sensibility she wanted me to tell that story because she thought it was funny but um, but no Dread's a really good movie I liked it um, but at the end of the day I am a simple man And you're, you're putting, you're giving me this movie where you're mashing a bunch of superheroes together. And yeah, the airport fight scene, it's, it's very weird. Like, they're fighting each other, but they're not really trying to hurt each other except maybe just enough it's it's it is a weird scene but it's a weird scene that also gives us the debut of spider-man it gives us ant-man turning into giant man which i actually wish they hadn't spoiled the debut of spider-man in the trailers i even though i knew it was coming i just wish we hadn't actually seen it until that moment Uh, oh and and when when tony goes oh i've got an idea for somebody who can join our team and then all of a sudden you hear left hand free and queens flashes across the screen and you're just like what we talked about uh talk about boxers dropping yep that was that was me there. I mean,
1: <laughs> for a fifteen-year-old boy, come on, Mike.
4: Not not for the not for the appearance of him, just for the whole thing—the fact that we're finally getting Spider-Man in the MCU. And yes, Captain America's Civil War is is a movie that does have a lot of flaws, namely, it's a Captain America movie wherein the Russo brothers really almost seem as m- much, if not more, interested in Tony Stark's arc, um, but it's still it, to me it just gives me so much so much of the goods in that i'm looking for in that kind of movie and until infinity war came along you want to talk about a gut punch of an ending even though they they pulled that punch right at the end with the letter and the cell phone and everything like that but like up until then that like that we had seen the brutal fight scene in the trailer and they were they still executed the bait and switch really well of oh they're going to have to fight all these super soldiers first and then rip that rug right out from underneath you I, I, To me, it's it's Civil War. I I did enjoy Dread, but to me, it's it's Captain America Civil War.
0: All righty. Well, for the second time in a row, we've got a split decision. And Jen gets the pleasure of breaking this tie. It's
3: about time I had this opportunity. Gosh. All right. So I already said how I felt about Civil War previously. Not my favorite Avengers movie or, you know, MCU movie, um, a lot of it fell flat for me. Um, yeah, and again, it, it was the whole you have friends fighting each other. They didn't really want to fight, so they were all kind of pulling punches, not really being serious, you know. And you can tell. I mean, it, it it shows in the airport scene. It's it's obvious they're just, I mean, doing it for show basically because they're being forced to because of you know the Sokovia. Sokovian Act or whatever the hell it's called it's bad because I just watched this movie today and I've already forgotten half of it Um, (laughs) I just recently watched Dread as well because I hadn't watched it the last time we voted for it and so I did my homework too I watched Dread Um, and you know Chris really hyped it up like he just did you know Dread's an awesome movie and it has great like the cinematography is great I loved the gory scenes. They were just so like I don't know, off the wall and just fun. I mean, it, it was just it was it was fun. It was but to me it was like a fluff movie. It 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 was kind of like a fluff movie because there was there was a good story, but it wasn't a strong story that'll stick with you for a while. Whereas you know, it's a good standalone movie. Civil War isn't meant to be a standalone movie. It's meant to be, you know, all right, now we have to, you know, we have to split them apart to bring them back together again. And we have, you know, it's setting up a lot of other stuff. You know, it brought in Spider-Man. It brought in, you know, just crap. I mean, get yeah, Black Panther, it showed more what Ant-Man can do. It, you know, just... The whole, was it? Nope, that was a different movie I watched. <laughs> I'm <laughs> watching so many of them now. They're flipped. They're, they're like, get it like, because the whole Hulk thing, you know, and it's just, that was another movie I watched. Um, That's not but a yeah. Movie. It, Hulk wasn't in either of no, these movies. <laughs> no, I know. Because I watched, um, I watched. You watched uh, Eric Bannon's
1: Hulk, didn't
4: you? Ragnarok. Right.
3: No, Ragnarok, I, this? No, Ragnarok I watch all the dang, dang time. <laughs> no, um, in, 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 Infinity War, when I watched Infinity War, because Hulk kept saying no, it stuck right. in my head. Uh, um, but at the end of the day, as much as, you know, there are a lot of things that didn't sit well with me in Civil War... And as much as, you know, Dread isn't necessarily going to stick with me for that long. I mean, really, the the whole slow-mo stuff, I mean, the the visuals are fantastic. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with Civil War.
1: Hey, guys, I got to (laughs) go.
3: I think we just killed his dog.
0: (laughs) Well, 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 look at this. No upset here. Captain America, Civil War moves on.
1: I formally disagree
0: with that decision. Well, it's a good thing you're not the only vote we've got here. Moving on to our next matchup. We've got the number six seed, Superman 2, versus the number three seed of Scott Pilgrim. And it looks like, Chris, you're up first.
1: Pass. Yeah. No. Oh, God. Uh. So, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff, I voted against Scott Pilgrim last time. <laughs> um, cool. I did vote for The Losers last time, because so I love the movie The Losers. Um, Superman 2 is probably the best Superman movie we're ever going to get. Um, it's the best Superman movie we've gotten so far, in my opinion. Uh, Steven, Steven and I finally agree on something. Um,
5: we both voted for Dread.
1: <laughs> that's true <laughs>
5: it, it's
1: it's the best Superman movie we've gotten so far it, there's room to make better Superman movies but neither here nor there um, it's not the Dick Donner version the Dick Donner version is better I went back and watched it it's a better film against Scott Pilgrim versus the world Edgar Wright's one of his masterpieces um, a well-made movie for all intents and purposes just did not stick with me and I, I went back and I watched um Scott Pilgrim not too long ago, because it had, it it had escaped my consciousness long enough for me to go back and think, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen this movie in eight ten years. Let's go back and watch it again. And I remember seeing a lot of stuff that I don't remember happening in that movie. Um, they're both good movies. They're both fine. Um, for everything that that Superman Two isn't, it feels like Scott Pilgrim versus the World is. It's this insanely innovative and crazy film where superman 2 is more just this is what superhero movies are but the reason that is is because obviously it is the trendsetter it's the first one to do it it's infinitely better than superman 1 it's infinitely better than the first superman movie even though that was dick donner superman um but when i come down when i'm coming down to it uh I can't fall Superman 2 for its age, and it was the originator. And you know what? By and large, still holds up. Um, the, the stuff with Lois in that movie is really cool. I, I did like it. I had my problems with it. Uh, I still don't like the green crystal. I think the green crystal is about the dumbest thing I might have seen in the Superman in any kind of movie because it, nega- it negates the entire sacrifice. But with that being said, I'm still going to go Superman 2.
0: All right, we've worked our way to a Superman 2 vote. Tony, what
2: are your thoughts here? So this is where the bracket kind of starts getting a little bit easier for me. Uh, We got the two heavy hitters out of the way pretty early with this one. Um, And I don't know if it's just because I've connected with it over different things, but for me, Scott Pilgrim just really holds a a, a special place in my heart. I, I know I talked on... Being a music lover last time and how that all, all kind of really boils down in Scott Pilgrim to where, you know, they they honestly wrote so many good songs. Like, if Sex bob came out with an actual album, I'd buy it. I, I haven't bought an album in a while, but I'd buy it. Because the music just really does, it, it doesn't subtract, like, so many films that try, try to pull the music route to where you're listening to a band play. Uh, it ingratiates itself in the story. It really led, leads to um, the the emotional feel of the film. And, and by and large, this is a film about a man trying to beat seven evil exes. It's in Win Over the Heart of a Girl He Met Not Two Weeks Prior. And it takes place in Canada. Like, how many movies take place in Canada? It's great. I love it uh that being said superman 2 is definitely the best superman movie we've ever had i hope it's not the best that we will ever have um there are so many great things that we can do with superman um and and like chris said it's just it's it's a safe film they don't really try anything risky with it and i know it's the late 70s early 80s when this film came out and was written But at the same time, I, I I don't know. I just have to go forward with Scott Pilgrim.
0: All right, we've got a vote for Scott Pilgrim, and it's now one-one. Mike, where yeah. does your vote lie?
4: So I I do really wish that I'd got I'd had a chance to go back and watch Superman two again because it's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, unfortunately, I I didn't. I prioritized movies I'd never seen at all, um, and I I remember thinking it then I mean back when I saw it there were there were four Superman movies and one of them had a had Richard Pryor as a villain so back then it was very clearly the best of all the Superman movies uh, and that had, that hasn't changed everybody said that I think it's definitely the best of the Superman movies but you know what like Scott Pilgrim I, I mentioned my affinity for for this movie even and I mentioned last time that I'd also only seen it I think I've caught like bits and pieces of it on television since then, but I've really only seen it that one time ten years ago. and ten years ago, I was watching I was still I was still unmarried, no no children, uh, no real life to speak of. I was watching lots and lots of movies. and there and there's a ton that I'm like, did I even see that? And then I'll, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I actually saw that, and I don't even remember it. And Scott Pilgrim vs the World is a movie that, I remember really, really well. It's, it, to me, it's a, it's a perfect matchup of the of director and source material, and it's and it just has so much memorable types of things going for it, uh, you know, and and the uh, and, uh, the other thing, honestly, for that time is yet yeah, the is the metaphor of fighting against the evil exes or whatever. Is it a little heavy handed? Sure, but it really hit home for me right around that time. Uh, so for for those reasons. And and just, you know, as Mario said, too, it's it was really, really innovative as well um, in the way that they shot it and everything like that. For all those reasons, I'm going to go with Scott Pilgrim.
1: That's not
0: Mario.
4: So, did I say Mario? I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry.
0: It's the other Italian.
4: It's the Menino. I saw the Menino. It's
0: all right. It's all right. Sorry about that. All right. So we uh, that was another vote for Scott Pilgrim. Jen, what are your thoughts? Ooh, that is very loud, Tony.
3: So, you know, Superman was one that, you know, I think everybody who, well, I I believe that everybody who loves superhero movies should have seen. Um, I agree with everybody else. It is the best Superman movie that we have thus far. Hopefully it's not always going to be that way. Um, and I did take the time today to watch Scott Pilgrim because I hadn't seen it before. And that was the issue last time. I had no idea what either of the movies were. Um, But I think I ended up voting for Scott Pilgrim because everybody else did. Uh, (laughs) And I'd never heard of a loser. So um, I watched it today. And let me tell you, that was so much fun. Like, I didn't even want to get up and make myself a bagel because I wanted to continue watching the movie that was in the next room. You know, it's like, it, it was just off the wall I had no idea what to expect I went in knowing absolutely nothing about Scott Pilgrim at all whatsoever um and it was just really really good it was it was fun it was new the way they pulled you know the music into it without it being a movie about music you know the the really cheesy off the wall fight scenes that were just epic like and then the little the little weird video game pop-ups were you know it just it was really fun it was a really good movie and you know again like everybody else said even though superman 2 is always going to be you know one of the heavy hitter superman movies it's it's not scott pilgrim and my vote's going to go for scott pilgrim
1: I am over All right. so far. Just keep that in mind. I have not won a single damn battle tonight,
0: <laughs> which means it's been a great night. Steven, what are your thoughts here? I'm sorry.
5: I'm, I'm still tripped up on the pronunciation of bagel. I think I just oh, heard
3: it. I knew somebody was going to say it. You, you say it like Rida in
5: Community. It's a very I'm northern. So
3: uh,
5: yeah, yeah. That makes more sense <laughs> to me. Okay, oh, so you know what a bubbler is?
3: Oh yeah. When I came here, I was like, oh, excuse me, can I go? you know go use the bubbler and the teacher was looking at me like are you well what's wrong with you i'm like the, the water where you drink it that what kind of bubbler. drug apparatus is that <laughs> the hookah are you smoking the hookah
5: okay anyway um <laughs> from so uh superman 2 uh, both the richard Donner superman movies uh they're all about what it means to be superman and that's why the green cri- uh, crystal doesn't really upset me because it's we wanted to see what the universe was like when superman didn't have the powers and then we could see what it's like when he does have the powers. so we're exploring that it's kind of stupid but it's silver age comic books and those are stupid I mean, let's, let's remember, this was a time in the comic books where one of Superman's powers was he could shoot little Supermans out of his hands that had all the powers he did. Which means, of course, that little Superman could shoot another little Superman out of his hands down and down and down and down. That's the kind of world that that movie was made in. So if it's stupid, that's just what it was. Let's not get mad at it for being that. Um, these movies were made in two different worlds uh superman 2 feels very much like one of the last films that was edited at that 70s pacing where we kind of had to see you know it's not good enough just to see them cut to the place they're going to we had to see the car pull up the corner they get out they walk in whereas scott pilgrim is some of the best editing you will find it is so frenetic and kinetic and it just moves the story along and it's used so smartly to help tell the tale. Uh, that's one of Edgar Wright's best features. And I think that's his best use of it. Any one of his films, I do love Superman too. I think it's a great exploration of the character. It's a great exploration of what it means to be a superhero. Uh, it's kind of weird that it ends with him throwing a powerless guy down a vast shaft and obviously killing him. That's a little creepy, but Zod was a jerk, so I don't care. Um, But no, at the the end of the day, the film I'm going to watch over and over again is probably... Let me put it this way. If these two films were Halloween candy, Superman 2 is a milk dud. It's good, but it takes a long, close time to chew. And uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a pixie stick. It may not stick with you for long, but boy, does it get the sugar down. And I want sugar. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Scott Pilgrim vs. you.
2: Can I say Stephen if have you have you read the comic?
5: I have not read the manga no.
2: Read it because those cuts that he, Edgar Wright uses are almost page by page done in the comics. He does such an interesting job in the comics cutting from place to place as well that Edgar Wright did an, a fantastic job pulling them out of the page.
0: Well done Edgar Wright and you move on to the next round with a 4 to 1 score. Chris is sticking back with Superman 2. Our next matchup is the seventh seed, Big Hero 6, versus the number two seed, Wonder Woman. Up first, we've got Tony. Tony,
2: let's hear your thoughts. Okay, I lied. Uh, this bracket does not get easier. <laughs> um, I told my story on Big Hero 6 last time. Uh, it means a lot to my relationship. It means a lot to me as a person, um, especially having parental issues and having a younger brother. I really connect with Tadashi and that whole entire storyline. Um, that being said, Wonder Woman, you know, it has it has its flaws. It's still a wonderful film. This is a battle for me because. I, Yes, Big Hero 6 is a is a fun little gimmicky kids' film. But at the same time, it has a very strong linear story, in my opinion. Yes, we could have done more with Hero becoming the main protagonist. But again, it's not necessarily about him being the main protagonist. It's about him learning to rely on other people when he's been so alone for so long. Even though he's always had his brother, he just never realized it. Um. We do see a, a massive change from him going from this, this introverted, I can do it myself child to to being a young man that brings together a team that, that relies on other people. And, and at the end of the day, saves the world. Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, as incredible as it is, you know, as, as awesome as it is to see Galgadot Leading a, a film in what is really, to be honest, the the first good female-led comic book film. Um, I just don't think it has enough, huzzah, ironically enough to me, to to kind of stick it to Big Hero 6. And and this is probably the un, unpopular opinion here, but I'm moving forward with Big Hero.
0: Big Hero, Disney picks up the
4: point. Let's
0: see, Mike. What are your thoughts?
4: Um, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think that's an unpopular opinion at all. I think Big Hero Six is a very good good film, um, and it does ha- it does pack that emotional wallop. Uh, but for for me, I'm a little bit more about uh, some of the spectacle in my in my comic book movies. That that like I, I come back to that no man's land scene in Wonder Woman, which is just absolutely phenomenal and 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 wonder woman has the added bonus of arguably i don't know if saving is the right word because it's, it's still on life support let's let's call it that but like basically at least allowing the dc dc extended universe to have one good movie uh, <laughs> at, at the time the, i mean a, and i think it was discussed last time but uh i forget who said it but the the interplay with uh with uh chris pine and gal gadot um it's just so much fun to me uh yep uh stop me if you've heard this one before about so many movies on this list it falls apart a little bit in the third act but uh overall uh i think i'm gonna go with wonder Woman on
0: all right wonder woman picks up a point we are now tied one one jen let's hear your thoughts
3: all right, so um, as I previously said, Wonder Woman's not my favorite. I don't really like Gal Godot, although I think it's funny the way Tony or so Tony or Mike that pronounces it Gadot. Tony, I think, right? It's
2: I say Gadah, no T. Okay, so I just it's a, a okay, so
3: say Godot.
2: And, and, I, and,
4: like, and I think I said Godot, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, I've heard <laughs> it both Godot and Gadah. See, I've heard
3: her say. Uh, Godot, Gal Godot.
2: Okay, and I call her Gal
1: Godot.
3: Godot. Well, that's, that's just wrong. I, Jeff. I think
1: it's. You proud kind of yourself for girl. that joke?
3: <laughs>
1: you should be. And I'm going back. Silent.
3: <laughs> um, yeah. So that movie wasn't really my favorite. Um, while you know it had great costuming, you know that interplay with her and Chris Pine was fun it just it, it still falls back on you know the DC issue of being kind of dark the colors are kind of faded out you know it's it's it just doesn't she doesn't scream Amazonian warrior to me it's just it falls into a lot of the, the same DC issues that they had and if you sit here and say that you know, it's the first one that they had. I mean, are you ignoring Batman? Dark Knight? I mean, is that like not in your universe? (laughs)
4: The Dark Knight isn't in the DCU. I'm speaking specifically of the DC universe that began with Man of Steel, not DC comic movies in general. Just to to be completely clear on that. Yeah.
3: You have to be specific. So I'm like, dude, if you just say DC, that's a whole different (laughs) ballgame.
4: That's what they, I said. The DC Extended Universe. Is that what they call it? It's the DCEU, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Sorry, that was that was I, what I meant.
3: I didn't hear that part. Sorry.
4: Sorry. So <laughs> I felt the need to defend myself. Sorry.
3: <laughs> you raised your hand and everything. I'm very proud of you. Um, <laughs> um, but Big Hero Six. You know, you have Hiro and Tadashi, and then you have uh, Baymax, and you know the story itself it is very you know heart-wrenching it's it's something that pretty much anybody can walk into this movie and walk out feeling like they were you know it can signify a part of their own life you know because there's just so much going on that reaches out to so many different people um you know i think it's a very smart movie too because you know he 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 brings all of his friends in and, you know, it's just, I don't know. It it just has a lot more to it. And to me, it seems like it has a lot more depth. So I'm going with Big Hero 6.
0: Big Hero 6 picks up another vote. Steven, what are your thoughts here?
3: Yeah, so
5: I don't know what it is, but I've never been able to emotionally connect with Big Hero 6 the way a lot of people seem to. For me, it's just kind of a middle of the road kids movie. It's fine for what it is. I don't hate any part about it. I just I don't get that emotional connection. Um, Wonder Woman. I at least had fun through the first you know hour and a half or so. Um, everyone's right that it completely falls apart in the third act. But uh, you know, I'd rather watch the uh, first half hour of Wonder Woman and you know grown through the last half hour than watch Big Hero Six again. And I don't have any objective smart reasons to say with that. It's just the way I always feel. For some reason that movie just leaves me feeling calm.
0: All right. Well we've got a another tie here. Two to two. Chris, this one's on you. Actually, Chris
1: is gonna, gonna win one. I'm gonna win one. So <laughs> yeah. Mike, I think I sent this to you a couple days ago, but there's a there's a quote on here from uh, Peter Travers, who's one of the movie critics for Rolling Stone, and it says, Gal Gadot is unstoppable and spectacular. And below that, there's a, a Twitter exchange or a Facebook exchange between two different people, and the first person says, I'm worried about the message this movie is going to send to our kids. And the guy responds that war is bad and women are powerful, and he responds with no, that they can expect more quality movies from DC in the future. <laughs> I got, you, Mike's muted, but he's he's dying on the couch right now. Um, I 100% totally buy Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. It could be the fact that she spent two years in Israeli Special Forces, like she she spent two years in the Israel not Special Forces, but in there in the Israeli Army. Um, it could be that she genuinely pulls off that look and scares the shit out of me. Um, yet I'm still oddly attracted to her. Uh, she's really good, though. Uh, I, I think Patty Jenkins doesn't get enough credit for what she did with that movie. Um, Patty Jenkins, who walked away, if, I think it was Thor The Dark World, right? Walked away from Thor The Dark World because she didn't, she flat out said, I don't like the script, and then Marvel said, too bad we're going to shoot it anyway, and went to, I think it was Alan Taylor that did that. Uh, the, one of the guys from... Uh, Lord, of, not Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones. Um, but she came out and she made this movie instead, and made just not just this wonderful character. I love the character of Wonder Woman, Diana, phenomenal. I love Gal Gadot in the role. Um, Temeskar is beautiful. The origin story about how that island and everything was created—it's got major, major, major third act problems. Uh. Remus Lupin as the bad guy is, is laughable at best. Um, and then he puts on that. We talk about there's, there's a couple of things in comic book movies that seem to come up time and time again. One is third act problems. Two is bad guys putting on stupid helmets. And I don't understand either of them. Um, could he not be Ares without putting on that stupid ass helmet? I don't know. But that took me out of that third act even more. At the end of the day. I In the same boat as Steven, I don't connect at all with Big Hero 6. I saw it. I enjoyed it. I, I'll even go out on a limb and say I really liked it when I saw it. And I have never once felt the urge to go back and watch that movie again. Baymax for me, and this is going to sound controversial, but it, it's Bayamax to me is the same thing as Bing Bong. I don't care. I just did not care about that character. Um, no, it's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is a great movie. Third act problems along. Third act problems be damned. Wonder Woman's a really good movie, and that No Man's Land scene is on top uh, is damn near untoppable. It's a phenomenal scene It makes that movie what it is.
0: Well, I don't think anyone's surprised a nerd movie can't finish well, but in this case, Wonder Woman does move on. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I didn't. I didn't spend a ton of time thinking about that one, too, Chris. <laughs>
1: Mind you, when, off, when right. we get to the Sweet Sixteen and beyond, you've got to come up with some really witty uh, some witty cynicism to add in there.
0: Hey. Oh, you don't even understand how hard it is to hold back. Well, no, <laughs> you understand. You had to do it, but you don't care about Disney. Nope. But, man, it's so hard to hold back. <laughs> Moving on. We've got our number one seed, Thor Ragnarok, versus our number nine seed, X2. Uh, up first, it looks like we've got
4: Mike. Ah. I really didn't want to be first for this one because I wanted to have some people before me to convince me on which way to go. Because honestly, I still don't know. Oh, man. You know, because I was growing up the only like I only really cared about the X-Men. I didn't really care about a whole lot of other comic books. I cared about the X-Men. And, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier Superman 2 is the best Superman movie we've had so far. X-Men 2 is the best X-Men movie that we've had so far. Uh, so, uh, it's, it is really tough to, to go against it. And it, you know, it's, it's certainly, it's not without its problems, but it's really entertaining. And I, you know, it's one of those, I remember, it's one of those that I remember the theatrical experience of seeing it and how much fun that was. So that kind of feeds, feeds into the whole thing too. Man, Thor Ragnarok was just a blast too, though. I mean, talk about taking a character that was. You know, mostly it was no pretty much Thor was no one's favorite character. I mean, certainly eye candy, but I mean, overall in terms of the MCU, I mean, I don't think I don't think a whole lot of people were gravitating towards towards Thor until that movie. And and when when it finally when they finally realized, hey, I think Stephen mentioned this last time. They were finally like, hey, Chris Hemsworth is actually he's a pretty funny dude. Let's let's let him be funny, Uh, and it and it worked so well. Ah. You know I I'll be honest I really thought I was probably going to end up going with X-Men 2 on this one. It really, I, I love the way that it that it builds Wolverine's backstory um and uh and I lo- I love the scene I love the scene when it's uh Iceman at his parents' house and it's like have you tried not being a mutant like all that stuff that's 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 great. Uh Oh man but but still, I just feel like I feel like wall to wall Thor Ragnarok is probably just it's just a little bit more fun. It really is. It 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 built, it just builds upon those characters that had been you know previously introduced better than overall than X Men Two does. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to vote against my X Men. I'm going Thor Ragnarok.
0: All right, the number one seed picks up a point, Jen
3: so uh i know i previously said this but thor ragnarok is my favorite movie in the mcu to date um it's fun it's bright you know it's colorful it's different you know you have i mean loki you know sleeping with the grandmaster loki you have the Hulk being just full of sass. I mean, you have just all this stuff going on. You know, it's it's a blast from start to finish. It's hilarious, and honestly, I think that has a lot to do with Taika Waititi, and he is just phenomenal. I love him, um, and I mean, and you can just tell that the actors had a blast with it too because they got to have fun with their characters, and it's just it just brings a lot more humanity into you know the Hulk number one showing that he's just not some rage monster you know he you've got you know thor giving him more personality and bringing that out more you know and it's been bring some like really really fun side characters into it too that you know later on become more involved and it's a lot of fun you know i grew up uh, i'm the same way growing up it was x-men and teenage mutant ninja turtles you know, I had my own personal characters in each one because there was four kids in the house. So we all had to pick our own. I mean, to be fair, though, because there were four, we each picked two X-Men and we each got one Ninja Turtle. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, it, that was a big thing in our house. And, you know, every Saturday morning, that's what we were doing, you know. But in the end, as much as I enjoyed X2, it's going to be Thor Ragnarok.
0: Thor. Ragnarok picks up another vote. Steven, let's hear your thoughts here.
5: So first I just want to point out in this matchup we have two comic book movies which have delightful third acts that hold together completely and leave you leaving <laughs> the theater with a smile. So it's not a universal thing. You can have a good third act and both of these films are good examples of it. Um, and they are both really good films that I've watched a ton and go back to all the time. They're good backgrounds because no matter when you look up, there's going to be something good and interesting, and that looks great going on. Um, I think the problem I have with X2 is that the people making it are still a little bit ashamed that they're making a comic book movie. They're still toning down the ridiculousness. Uh, they're still toning down the colors a little bit. Uh, Nightcrawler is great. Alan Cummings great. But he's not fuzzy. Why isn't he fuzzy? He's supposed to be fuzzy. Come on! If you're you you put him in head to tail blue, you had him boofing around, you gave him a prehensile <laughs> tail, and fuzzy was too far for you. Why are you pulling your punches at that point? Um. So I think that's that is my favorite X. Well, it's my second favorite X Men film. Uh, spoiler alert. But no Thor Ragnarok's the better movie it it holds together better it's more fun throughout um the people making it are having a blast it has 100% more Jeff Goldblum which always gets you bonus points um yeah I'm trying to think of reasons not to no no as much as I love X2 and I would like to see it continue to move on Thor Ragnarok's the better film it's the one I enjoy more um And that's probably just because X2 is a little bit of a product of its times, but times are better now for these movies, so Thor Ragnarok wins.
0: And with that vote, Thor Ragnarok does pick up its third vote. However, we still have a couple votes left. Chris, what are your thoughts here?
1: Um, Steven's spot on. Uh, X2 and Thor Ragnarok have phenomenal third acts, and I would argue to say that X2's third act is better than Thor Ragnarok's third act. Um, I think from a thematic standpoint, it, it means more. It means a lot more. But Taika Waititi cracked the code, guys. Like, he made Thor interesting. I gave a shit about Thor. And I just gave a shit. Like, you, I genuinely love that character. Um, and who do I want it? Well, I knew I wanted Jeff Goldblum in every movie I see. But, like, Grandmaster's great. And I, the, the whole scene where it's like, oh, that word. I hate that word. And she says, no, the S word. Oh, you mean Slaves. Are the prisoners with jobs (laughs) are rebelling. And then at the end he goes says something like I'd say that rebellion was a great success. Well, you can't rebel without so you can't rebel without someone you're rebelling against. I say we call it a tie. It it, it's Thor Ragnarok. And I I love X2 is one of my all time favorite comic movies. I love it. If it's ever on, I'll watch it. But just the fact that they cracked Thor, um makes it awesome. I, I was going to say this for a future episode, but I will forget. My goal in life is for me and Mike Mott to be walking down the street and have a situation where we actually need to use the the game Get Help. I want to- <laughs> I want to find an excuse to pick up Mike Mott and throw him at somebody. That's my goal in life. I
3: request uh, uh- to be there when this happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: we'll need a DVD. I mean, I'm
4: inclined to say, why do you get to be the one to do the throwing? But that's really <laughs> a stupid question. <laughs>
0: all right Antony. let's hear your thoughts on this
2: so i'm not gonna belabor any points um
1: thank
0: god these are good
2: good films um regardless of my vote thor is moving on um i will say that i am and this is gonna pick me up some heat despite the awful chemistry between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth and and the whole entire, um, Malacharth issues. I am a Thor Dark World sympathizer. Oh my!
1: What? Yeah,
2: I know. I know. Oh, you're not going I...
1: back for the worst of comic book movies, bracket.
2: Oh no, no. <laughs> I I recognize how bad of a movie it is. I just still like it. Um and, and maybe that's because I've always loved Thor. One of my favorite comic book characters. Uh, I am a little upset that we didn't get Thor being the the literal son of Earth in this film or in this this iteration of Thor, because uh, how cool was it to be? Oh well, the son of a planet has kind of played out itself in the MCU already. <laughs> um, however, Thor Ragnarok is by far the the best Thor film we've could have ever asked for. Taika Waititi as Korg and the director, Uh, you could not get a more enjoyable character um, from the director, nonetheless. Um, Everything that 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 movie does well, it does well in spades. The relationships. Hulk is a literal five-year-old in this film. It's great. It's hilarious. Nobody saw it coming. Thor Ragnarok. No, no, no debate.
0: Wow. And for the first time this evening, we have our first sweep of the night. Thor Ragnarok is moving on. Up next, we have the five seed of Captain America Winter Soldier versus the four seed of Spider-Man Homecoming. Let's see how this one plays out. Jen, you're up first.
3: This one was actually difficult for me in in an odd way, because Winter Soldier... I mean, it's really more about Bucky than it is about Captain. It it was just, again, it's it's not one of the more enjoyable of the MCU, to me, anyways. It was good, you know, a lot of backstory, you know, stuff like that. But then you come into Spider-Man Homecoming where, yeah... Yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it, guys. <laughs> I don't know why you put me first. Why do you put me first? Especially with ones that I actually have difficulty with, because most of them I have start off, and for this one I don't because I'm still staring at it like uh, I have feelings.
0: I actually um, totally knew that this one was going to be hard for you, so I made you go first.
3: Yeah, I figured you did, jerk. <laughs> um, jerk. <laughs> um, I love... Spider-Man, you know, I've I've always loved Spider-Man, it's the best iteration of Spider-Man to date, you know, we've all gone over the fact that, you know, Tobey Maguire, especially in the third movie, just kind of went, like, it was just bad, I won't even go into Garfield, but, um, Homecoming was really good, you know, he you know he has the the new mentor so he gets all the new fun toys and you know all this kind of stuff but yeah i don't know guys i i i know you're going to wax poetic about it so i'm not even going to really bother trying i'm going to go with spider-man homecoming
0: all right spider-man homecoming picks up a vote steven let's hear your thoughts on these movies
5: mm, i like both of these movies an awful lot um And I don't even like going second here because, uh, okay, so Spider-Man Homecoming. It's such a complete movie. On the other hand, this is a real struggle for me. Who was the idiot that said beforehand that this was going to be the easy rounds?
0: (laughs) If I recall, it was almost in unison, but.
3: I didn't say that. (laughs) It was all the men.
0: (laughs) Oh, the patriarchy.
5: Yeah, the worst uh,
1: Mind you, Wonder Woman A female fronted movie went to a 3-2 to two vote And it went to the deciding vote So
5: That's, that's mm-hmm. true Okay uh, so I've I, I just done a lot of processing in my head I'm trying to think which one's the better film Which one holds it the better from a story standpoint And I'm trying to find the point Where both of them Stop making sense for a moment And I honestly cannot find it, and that's why this is such a big struggle to me. All of the character motivations make sense at all the points in these films. And that's usually where comic books fall apart. Usually we kind of give up a little bit of story so we can get to the big action sequence. I don't find it here. So I'm just going to have to go with the one that makes me smile the most. Um, ah, That one is going to have to be Captain America. Uh, winter soldier winter soldier is such a tight well-written script uh, it's got more moving pieces so i kind of appreciate it a little bit more and i think oh, i do find a problem with spider man uh why doesn't happy listen to him i get that he's a kid but he's still spider man uh, it's still spider man and yeah he is able to tell tony that the uh The deal is going down on the Staten Island Ferry. So you know he's on to something. Happy should be listening to him when he calls up at one time. Even though it's his chair guy, if he says I'm there from Peter, Happy should at least take the call. So there is one small little nuance little thing I can pick up on Spider-Man. It's the only thing wrong with it. And that's why it loses to Captain America the Winter Soldier. There, I found it.
0: Well, if I may interject here, as a happy apologist uh he's been around superheroes for many many years now and it's just spider-man he's just a kid what does he know moving on we've got chris chris let's hear this
1: this is tough guys um so i love captain america winter soldier absolutely 100 percent love that movie um Spider-Man has perhaps the best twist not perhaps has the best twist of any comic movie ever come out because I don't care who you are Shyamalan couldn't pull that twist off the twist at the end with Michael Keaton and, and Peter Parker it, or Michael Keaton, uh, with uh, Birdman there you go um, Vulture and Spider-Man <laughs> in the car uh, going to prom when he realizes what's going on is awesome, but it's set up by the fact that he answers the door when Peter shows up to take whatever the hell her name is. A character doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of the MCU to prom. Um, is the best moment. Um, the other problem I have with it, Stephen, you said you couldn't find a problem. I have a problem. The Staten Island Ferry thing is stupid. There's just no way that would have worked. It's <laughs> physically impossible. In a world where I can believe that a man made himself an, a suit out of metal, not iron, but whatever, and can fly around anywhere he wants to in the split of a second, I can't believe that when I watched that fairy, that thing would have gone down. That split was top to bottom. Even the part that's underwater was coming apart. It shouldn't have happened. That's the biggest problem I have with Spider-Man. That's the only problem I have with Spider-Man. This is what I'm making my decision on. And you're going to disagree. A lot of people are going to disagree with me, and I'm okay with that. Up until Infinity War, Tobey Maguire was still my Spider-Man. Up until the last scene of Infinity War, where he is crying and begging Tony to help, and Tony can't help, Tobey Maguire was my Spider-Man. And in that moment, it became Tom Holland. In that moment, it became Tom Holland. And I was waiting all of Homecoming to feel it. And I love Homecoming. It's great. Captain America: Civil War is a damn near perfect comic book film. It's a comic book film, but it's really a a political spy film. Um, Winter Soldier, not Civil War. Damn. Yeah. Well, definitely not Civil War. Um, yeah. Winter Soldier. Sorry. Uh, and the only part that doesn't quite ring true to me in Civil War has to. I have the same problem with Winter Soldier. Is Agent Thirteen? But it's still a damn good movie. Um, It does suffer a little bit from the Star Wars problem from Force Awakens where it's like, hey, now there's not just one helicarrier. Now there's three. (laughs) The threat just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but I'm okay with it. It's a really good movie. I'm going going Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is my favorite. Oh, God, I can't say that. It's one of my favorite MCU movies.
0: All right. Captain America Winter Soldier picks up another vote. Tony, see what you got to say.
2: So both of these movies are good. Scratch that. Great. They're both great films. Um, I do have to disagree with Chris. Uh, the, the second we get that montage of Tom Holland swinging through New York, zipping around, helping an old lady, that, that is when he solidified himself as my Spider-Man, looking out for the little person. It, it, that's really what did it for me. However, I can also add another thing that I find wrong with this movie. And I understand why they did it. They weren't positive about how Spider-Man was going to work out by himself yet. I think this movie suffers from Tony Stark. And I am one of the biggest Tony Stark fans that I know. I was on his side during the Civil War. I cried when that happened at the end of Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame, screw you. I'm censoring myself still for those people, even though it's been over a year.
1: It's past that. The, the statute of limitations at Endgame
2: has passed. All right, so when Tony dies, I balled my eyes what? out. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I think he hurt this film. And as, as much as I love the character, I, I think it detracted from what Spider-Man was supposed to be. He's supposed to be the bumbling young idiot that's working out, trying to figure out how to be the superhero when all he wants to do is help the little old lady cross the road. He never wanted this. And Tony is thrusting him into it, regardless of what he's saying. It's his actions that speak through this movie. And it's telling Tony, be better than me. And or it te- it's telling Peter, be better than me. And that forces so many un- unsafe circumstances. I know they're superheroes; they're not supposed to be in safe circumstances, but circumstances that Spider-Man would have never have been ready for. This isn't him going up against Green Goblin in his first year. That that's not what this is supposed to be. You know, that doesn't happen in the comic books. He always starts out small, always, always works his way into it. Uh, as great of a movie as it is. I think that it detracts from it. Winter Soldier, on the other hand, gives us a cap that I don't think many people knew existed outside of the ones who have read the comic books. You know, you watch the first Avenger, you see this strapping young man bustling through, always being the hero, but never knowing that, like, and I I can't remember whether Chris or Stephen said this, that it was basically an a spy movie and that is incredible like seeing the way he works with Natasha Romanoff in this film really rounding out that he is just this perfect soldier he can do the big wars he can do the spy missions he can do anything you need him to do and then still have him wrestle with what's right I I think it just wraps down into a better film and I have to move forward I love both of these films so much Um, but Winter Soldier is the better film. And besides, week of the bicep scene. I'm sorry. I don't see Spider-Man curling a helicopter.
0: Fair enough. Captain America picks up a third point. Mike, let's hear your thoughts.
4: So, um... I, I, Captain America's already moving on, right? It is. So I won't, I, so I won't, I won't spend too much time. But uh, to me, this is... Okay, the MCU... These are two great films, everybody's already said it. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier is uh, let's make a spy thriller a comic book movie. And then Spider-Man Homecoming is let's make a John Hughes movie a comic book movie and like add that extra element. And they both do it so well. Um, and but if you if if you remove the comic book element and basically say it is what am I going what what what's my personal predisposition a spy thriller versus a John Hughes movie? I love the spy thrillers, um, but I, and but uh, the other thing that I will say is, and I say this as a Captain America: the First Avenger apologist, who really really likes that film. But Winter Soldier was when Cap became my favorite Avenger, um, and that hasn't changed. Uh, so to me, to me, it's Winter Soldier.
0: All right, Winter Soldier. Takes a four to one victory over Spider-Man: Homecoming, moving on to the next round.
4: Up next, oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. I do apologize to the people that probably had to build that entire Lego Death Star <laughs> thing that many times to have um, <laughs> Ned drop it and have it break. Like I don't know how many takes they did, but I really, mm. really feel for the uh, assistants that had to put that, <laughs> re-put that together for each of those uh, takes.
0: Well, if I know anything about nerds, they absolutely loved every second of building that Lego. Moving on, we've got the number six, Avengers, versus the number three, Aquaman. Up first, we've got Steven.
5: This one's a little bit easier for me. Uh, Aquaman's a fine movie for what it is, but I don't think any of us really love it, the way we love the Avengers. I mean... Let's let's be honest here. The Avengers holds a special place in all five of our hearts. It is the reason why this bracket thing is going on right now. Um, it, it's, it's the linchpin of the comic book universe. Avengers is that beating heart that has all modern comics running through it. And that's because not only is it the thing we always dreamed of, it's not only is it the, an amazing feat of you know just getting people to agree to do things that make sense for a change but it remains a good movie it remains a movie with a good plot that was at a good pace that looks wonderful that all the characters get enough time to shine it's amazingly balanced despite the fact that you're trying to get six people in and you had to brainwash hawkeye but he's hawkeye let's let's be honest um I'm looking forward to the Disney Plus series, because it's going to be based on Life is a Weapon. But whatever. It's, It's the Avengers. The Avengers hand down. As much Jason Momoa does not have the charisma of all six of the Avengers together. So he doesn't have enough to carry it through. Avengers gets my vote.
0: He may have the hair, but he doesn't have the charisma. Chris, what are your thoughts here?
1: Jason Momoa's character is the same at the beginning of Aquaman as he is at the end. There's no character arc whatsoever short of him suddenly realizing maybe I can be king because my brother's a dick. Um, at the same time, all six Avengers have character arcs.
5: It's funny that wasn't a problem back in Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Damn! Throw down.
1: It was a problem. Um, I do think Black Panther had a character arc. It may, just not, may not have been as well pronounced as everyone else's, but Jason Momoa's character is literally the exact same person. Short of him thinking, okay, my brother's kind of a dick, and I like the people on top of the earth, not in the water. So, like, maybe we can keep them around. Um, It had a a political point of of protecting the planet and all that, which is fine, but it felt really heavy-handed. At the same time, all six Avengers had pronounced character arcs, and it felt like they all happened organically. It never felt like anything was forced or pushed upon us in the Avengers film, short of the very end where it's this big, the battle scene's amazing, but it's literally just them punching an army of bad guys. And it didn't feel like the end of Infinity War, where they were getting overrun. It just kind of felt like, oh, they kind of just have to just keep fighting everybody. Ironically, Hawkeye only ran out of arrows once. That was insane. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Um... I don't have a problem with Hawkeye. Everyone else does. It's Avengers. Avengers is the better movie. By far. It's not even close. Avengers, like Steven said, it's the reason we're doing this. All
0: right. Avengers picks up another point. Tony, let's see what your thoughts are.
2: So Hawkeye is getting a lot of hate, and my wife is going to listen to this podcast. I love And she Hawkeye. is probably going to cry. Hawkeye is, and I apologize for this, her favorite Avenger, and I don't understand it. But That's I a support more her. Day. I
1: suppose. my my wife favorite Avenger too. And when he finally became Ronan, like it was like
2: yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ronan is by far the best thing to come out of Hawkeye. No, the
1: like the comic that Steven was referring to. I forget what it was. It I'm a weapon or something like that.
2: My life like, is a weapon. My yeah, life is a weapon. Which,
1: that that comic is amazing with Kate Bishop. Oh, no, oh gosh.
2: Comic version yeah. of Hawkeye is always better than Jeremy Renner. And Jer- that's not to say that Jeremy Renner doesn't <laughs> <laughs> do a good job as Hawkeye and what he was given. Um kill them off and give us a Kate Bishop.
0: <laughs> mm. They are. You heard it. heard it here first.
2: They will. That's what's going to happen. But to bring things back, um, I do love Aquaman, but Stephen was right. I do not love it like I love the Avengers. I, it's not a question. Sure, it's got some really awesome scenes. Atlantis is beautiful. It's so cool. It's underwater. There's some really cool scenes with sharks, and I love sharks, but... With lasers! (laughs) Again, um, (laughs) it's not Avengers. Avengers, clearly.
0: Avengers picks up its third vote. Mike, let's see what you have to say. Ooh, you are on mute. That is not gonna work.
4: I am on mute. You are absolutely correct. Uh, you know, it's 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 already been said. Uh, it's already moving on. Aquaman. It's 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 a colorful movie. It's very it's very pretty. Uh, Jason Momoa does the near impossible task of making Aquaman cool. Arguably, makes him too cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we've we've talked about this before. Chris and Leah and I and Chris's friend Ben. We went to that. Phase one marathon leading up to the Avengers midnight release, and we saw that, and like that whole thing was epic. And and just and and honestly, it was coming after really in that first slate of phase one movies, there's only one really good movie and a cut and a bunch of mediocre ones after that. And then to but then to bring all those characters together and pull it off and and on and. Really, if nothing else, to, to this day, I'm not sure I've ever had, had a more deafening in the theater moment than, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hulk's out. Bam. Ah, oh, like, everybody erupted. It was, the, the energy in the theater alone, just like, I still, I can still feed off that every time I see some of the scenes in that movie, like, Avengers... It is. It's, it's the reason we're here. It's the reason half of these movies even exist is because the Avengers worked. And it continues to work. So this is Avengers.
0: And Avengers picks up another vote. And Jen. Let's hear your thoughts.
3: Yes, pointless as my thoughts are at this point, um, yeah, you know, it's the same thing, guys. I mean, Aquaman was fine for what it was. Jason Momoa's hot. You know, he can in my living whenever he wants, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) same. He agrees. Yeah. Um, But screw you guys. I like Hawkeye, too. Okay. I always have. I like him in the comics, and I like him in the movies. You guys can bite me. Hold on, hold (laughs) on.
1: No one here said anything negative about Hawkeye, right? Nope. We haven't said anything uh, negative about Hawkeye. You're you're you talking to internet it, trolls of, that don't a, a like Hawkeye.
3: Hate. Oh, yeah, I like him. You know, I I he's the only one that doesn't have really anything extra helping him. It's you know he he he's the arrow guy. He shoots bow and arrow. I mean, like everybody else, like Matt had super training, and you know the Hulk has the Hulk, and you know it's it's just. You got the super suits or the powers or the this or the that and and he's got himself, you know, and and that that's a lot to me because I've always been more drawn to those who don't have all this extra super help. You know, they're doing it just on their own and, you know, by their own power and and, and that to me is is a lot. Um but yeah, the, I mean, the Avengers is what brought them all together. It's what really kicked off you know, most of what we love now. And I mean, it'd, it'd be really pretty freaking stupid for me to say anything, you know, to, to pick Aquaman over that because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care what anybody says, Loki is a low-key Avenger. I mean he's the bad guy in this, but he is a low-key Avenger in the end.
0: Hot off the press, he heard it here first. Loki <laughs> is an Avenger. In the odd but expected upset, Avengers takes it with a sweep, 5 to nothing over Aquaman. Our last matchup for the evening is the number 10 seated Kingsman versus the number 2, The Dark Knight.
2: Tony, you're up first. I want to start this off by saying I love Kingsman. Um, I think it's a great film. It has probably, arguably, I, like I think Chris said last time, one of the best six-minute scene action scenes we could have ever asked for in any movie. Um, but The Dark Knight is, is one of those films that just... It's one of those films that makes you think and then still come away with a smile at the end. Um, as dark as that film is, you know, things still somehow work out for Gotham, as as much as things can work out for Gotham. I think everybody always goes in there with the the super negative connotation because it is Gotham. Um, there are so many great things about that film. Um, and whereas it does have the the, the typical two villain act of a Batman film, it doesn't really suffer in either department. You know, yes the Joker is probably the most prevalent, but he isn't the main antagonist of the film. He is literally just there to reign in chaos on everything, whereas Harvey Dent or Two-Face honestly does take, if you look at it from a thematic and more linear way of thinking, is the the true antagonist of the film. Um, But that, that being said, just that element of chaos that the Joker provides to an otherwise what would be a pretty stagnant story I I think transforms this film into what it would be a a, a comic book juggernaut of a film. Um, There's not much to say that we haven't said in previous episodes about it. I don't think. Um, And it, it's just, it's a great film. Uh, I I still go back to it. I still watch it. Um, The Dark Knight.
0: All right. The Dark Knight picks up its first vote. Mike, what's your vote here?
4: So I know I kind of, uh, went very, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but I, I know I extolled a lot of the, what I uh, perceive as the virtues of the Rocketeer are in the previous round. Uh, and I didn't really talk about the Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman is great. It, it actually really is. Um, uh, it's a lot of fun i remember i remember just really enjoying the hell out of it uh, but it, it's 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 no dark knight it, it you know uh, the dark knight was the dark knight came out in summer of 2008 uh, and it was the movie it was the comic book movie that everybody was looking forward to really if you break that down i th- i think it i think it's safe to say that the vast majority of people were looking forward to that movie more than iron man and iron man just ended up just being such a Tremendously awesome surprise that you know we were we were then talking about both of them. Um, Dark Knight uh, works both as a comic book movie and just as as a film. It's very well done. Um, you know, I I personally you know I I could, I could point up some of the flaws. I I always felt that the transition from Harvey Dent to Two Face is very abrupt. Like it it goes zero to sixty, and it, to me, and it just it, it felt. It felt like it was sped up, but I mean, how much can you do in a two half two and a half hour movie? But overall, you know, the fact that uh, the fact that Heath Ledger pulled off pulled off Joker in the way that he did remains phenomenal. Um, you know, there's 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 always the thing of like. This is a film called The Dark Knight. And yet again, you've you've got the Joker is clearly the clearly the more compelling character. Uh but it, though that that's that's you know, generally a Batman problem. But, but regardless, it doesn't matter. The Dark Knight is and to me clearly a superior film among these two.
0: All right. Dark Knight picks up its second vote. Jen, what are your thoughts here?
3: So this is one of the ones that I actually did have a lot of trouble with. And I still don't have a star next to either of these because I love them both for completely different reasons. Um, So start with Dark Knight. Batman, favorite. This is probably my favorite of the Batman films. The Dark Knight is everything that I wanted Batman to be. The Joker is everything that I wanted Joker to be. Like, he just, he's just in the background creating havoc everywhere he goes. Chris looks like he wants to say something. Stop making love to your microphone. Ugh. Um, (laughs) So. It doesn't have to
0: be love. It could be lust.
3: It could be. It probably is. It did look more like lust. Thank you for pointing that out. Now I'm going to have nightmares. Um, So. You know, the the cinematography in Batman and, and the way it's dark, like, the, it's dark, but it's not dark. Like, it's dark in the way that you expect a, a colored Batman comic to be. Like, it's light where it needs to be light, but it's dark where it needs to be dark. You know, and it has that contrast that just really floored me when I watched it for the first time and, and even since, you know. I watched this a few weeks ago with my kids because the pencil trick. It just I had to show my kids that. And screw you guys, they're they're once a preteen, one's a teenager, so I can get away with it. I was going to be there for a I, Yeah, I was going to say I was waiting for Chris to say something about me being a bad parent again. They've heard worse in school. It's a thing. It all comes but, from a place of
1: love, you know that.
3: <laughs> but you know. It's an amazing film, and it's just, that's my Batman, you know? And then you have Kinsman, that is just so much fun. You know, you have Eggsy, you know, how his dad was in the service, and, you know, he just randomly calls the number. I mean, it just, it kind of drags you along with him to all this, like, crazy shit that ends up happening that you know but it's it's fun like he's still a little jackass and he's still pushing the envelope and but he's still good at what he does and I don't know and I really love Colin Firth you know Michael Caine is awesome I, I don't even remember Eggsy's real name but he was really good you know in this role, you know he really fit the personality that you would expect from this little shithead that dropped out of the Royal Marines and just doesn't want to do anything. Um, so it was really, really super fun, you know. And and I would totally watch it, you know, over and over again. That I would add that to my my oh my, uh, what is it called? My overnight sewing binges that you know I just toss fun movies on to he listen to in the background, but. I really do have to go with the Dark Knight. I mean, it's just everything that I needed my Batman to be. So, Dark Knight.
0: All right, no question here. Dark Knight will be moving on. However, we have a couple more thoughts to get. Stephen.
5: So, with all the Christopher Nolan Batman films, uh, they are basically thought experiments about whether people are basically good or bad. Uh, the first one is whether people will give into fear or resist it. Uh, the last one is whether people will give into tyranny or resist it. And the middle one, the dark Knight, is, are we good? And society forces us to do bad things or are we bad? And society just force us to act good. And the reason I bring this up is because there are very few films that are so well crafted to their theme as the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, almost everything in it is a reflection of that theme. Are people basically good and society forces them to do bad things, or are people basically bad and society forces them to do good things? Uh, it gets a little hokey at times, like uh, when the guy throws the bomb detonator off the boat. That's, you know, I get it. You don't have to put it through me. Uh, and the very last, uh, when they're going through the unbuilt building to find the Joker... Uh, Lucius Fox dialogue sounds a lot like uh, the scenario you would get at the beginning of a video game level. So there are some issues with it. But in terms, uh, and that's all because uh, Christopher Nolan has problems with those human emotions. uh, If you don't believe me, see Interstellar. Um, (laughs) But no. (laughs) (laughs) From a scripting point, from a thematic point, and from a visual point, The Dark Knight is an amazing film. The Kingsman is a lot of fun. There's uh, Samuel L. Jackson is delightful in it. Um, it's a nice little send-up of the James Bond films that I like. Sound out to uh, Timmy D., the best James Bond. And that is the official standpoint of the pod trivia experience. But no, The Dark Knight. Could the you say our film. name
1: right, please?
5: Uh, no, do you want me to say it right and make that the official standpoint? No. No, The Dark Knight's a better film. It gets the vote. And now our announcer has gone silent.
0: Man, does that make you feel stupid? All right. Well, we have one more vote picked up for Dark Knight. Chris, why don't you go ahead and finish this off here?
1: I had a speech in mind, or what I was going to say in mind, but it doesn't... I knew going in it wasn't going to matter. If I'm last, whoever's last in this. Dark Knight criminally underrated as a two seed. And it feels weird saying that about a two seed. But the crowning achievement of not only the Batman universe. The best movie from possibly the best director working today. I would argue at least the best technical director working today. He's got a problem with emotion, yes. Um, But a movie where. The two protagonists. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into, buy into Harvey Dent being an antagonist. He's not. Um, Harvey Dent's a protagonist, but both protagonists have an, have a true character arc, where Bruce Wayne has to come to terms with the fact that he can't have both, and he has to let Rachel Dawes go, and he's his unwillingness to do that, so the Joker forces his hand to do that, and then the the character change of the of of harvey dent being forced upon him where everyone is just one bad day away from breaking has never been more true it's a joker saying but it's never been more true than in this movie one bad day broke harvey Dent and turned him into one of the most iconic characters in the Batman mythos and he was two-faced for all of what 15 minutes if that he's the, he's my two-face though Probably will always be my Two Face. God knows, it not Tommy Lee Jones? Billy Dear Williams <laughs> did never happen. Oh, well, I guess technically it did happen in Lego Batman. Yes, way to pull my own my own reference back to me. No, it's Dark Knight. Dark Knight's phenomenal. There's there's no getting around it. And I'll wax poetic about it later when it's in a tougher matchup. But it's certainly it's certainly not now. And I oh the matchups next. Oh crap. Yep. Oh damn. Yep. Oh, it's going to be Dark Knight versus Avengers. Oh, man. Yep. Okay. We'll have... Oh, God. I don't want to finish this bracket. Dark Knight. Game over.
2: Jesus. I think we all just had existential meltdowns about this next matchup for the Dark Knight and Avengers. And I thought, like, I was sitting here going, yeah. oh,
1: Logan versus Logan versus Guardians is going to be tough. And then, boom, Dark Knight and Avengers. Well, we have finished it. Our
0: first eight headed to the Sweet 16 are the nine-seed Avengers Infinity War versus the five-seed Captain America Civil War. Scott Pilgrim, the three-seed versus the two-seed of Wonder Woman. The one-seed of Thor Ragnarok versus the five-seed of Captain America Winter Soldier. The six-seed of Avengers versus the two-seed of the Dark Knight. We'll catch you next time as we finish up the next eight headed to the Sweet 16. For now, I'm your host, Jeff. Uh, Really, thank you guys for your opinions tonight. Um, We'll see you guys all next time on the next round. Until next time, I'm Jeff. I'm Chris. I'm Tony.
3: I'm Jen. I'm Mike.
0: I'm Steven. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you in the next one.
1: All right, that has been another episode of Boozy Bracketology. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Now, if you don't know this already, find us on Instagram at Boozy Bracketology, or if you want to be a part of the show, or you have a suggestion for what our next bracket should be, email us BoozyBracketology at gmail.com. As you know, we will put out a new bracket each and every month, and we will finish that bracket in that month, no matter how many episodes it takes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. We'll be right back. back.